Ministry Bits, Episode 010, recorded March 21st, 2014. Tools of the Trade. Show notes for this episode of Ministry Bits can be found at chatl.co slash mbits slash 010. Be sure to email me with comments or questions directly at chad.landman at gmail.com. You can follow Ministry Bits on Twitter at Ministry Bits. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ministry bits or listen to us on the AIM Network at aimthenetwork.com or on the Adventures in Ministry app on the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. You may delete as appropriate. My name is Chad Lamon, and I'm here at the host of this episode, this 10th episode of Ministry Bits. And um, we're numbering them 010. That'll be episode 10, I guess. That's the, that's the nerd way of, of um, numbering them, I guess. I guess it'll, it'll encourage me to get to episode 100. That way I won't have to be putting a zero in front of stuff any anymore. So maybe we can get to 100 episodes. We're a tenth of the way there, as a matter of fact. We were really happy last week to hear um, Eric Gray and Andrew Jenkins talk about their favorite stuff and um, their new podcast on the AIM Network, or AIM the Network, however that's said. If you're Yoda, I guess it's AIM the Network. And uh, we really appreciate uh, them coming on and being being a part of that. Uh, their check is in the mail, and uh, we really appreciate them talking about their different stuff and the different things that they wanted to um, promote there, and then tell us a, they gave us a bunch of ideas. Great resources on that podcast. If you haven't listened to last week's show, uh, it's really, really great stuff. And I do want to apologize for my audio, the audio coming from myself, that is, in the last episode. I guess I was um, under the impression that I was recording with my brand new microphone that I'm actually going to talk about today, but it wasn't recording. And, um, so that, that was, um, that was a point of uh, frustration with me when I heard the recording that it had recorded the computer's audio, but not the recording from the new microphone. I know that probably doesn't make any sense to you at all. So whatever, uh, but maybe it does. And after today, maybe it will make a little bit more sense because we're talking today about tools of the trade. And, um, we're going to talk this, this podcast is all about how to use technology effectively and uh, this is just some of the gear I use. Now, before we go any farther and before I talk about, I'm only going to talk about a few apps. So this is not about apps. This isn't an app show. Um, I'm going to talk about gear that I use, you know, the, the bags and the cases and the, and the stuff that I use, not software necessarily. I will talk a little bit about software and the things that I'm using specifically for this show because we've actually had a lot of questions about that. Um, emailed to me and Facebooked uh, to me about, hey, what are you using to record the podcast? We're going to talk about that in a minute. But we're going to talk about those different things. And um, 
this is kind of the tools that I use uh, on a weekly, sometimes even daily and hourly basis uh, to, re- to record the podcast, to get it on the, uh, on the air, to uh, get it on the internet, get it on iTunes. Uh, this is stuff that I use in word processing. This is stuff that I use in preaching and teaching from an iPad. And before I, before I get to talking about all the, the stuff that I use, just want to remind you of my gear. Uh, I use, I ha- I'm, I'm the Apple fanboy here. I use a iPhone 5, uh, it's an almost two-year-old iPhone 5, uh, still working pretty great. Um, still got a great camera on it. The best camera you have is the one with you. And that's the, that's the, how the phrase goes. I have a late 2000, uh, 2013 MacBook Pro Retina display screen. Uh, the best computer that I've ever owned, uh, hands down. And then I have a, I just actually got um, a month or two ago, an Apple iPad mini with retina display. And let me tell you something, this retina display stuff is no joke. Uh, Apple just yesterday, as a matter of fact, got rid of their iPad 4. I guess if you could call it the iPad 4 because the, the iPad 3 was kind of the, they got, they got rid of that. And now it's just iPad with retina display, iPad Air, and iPad mini. And that's all. That's all they have now. And you can't buy an iPad 2 anymore. You, you have to buy a Retina Display iPad if you're going to buy one from Apple. Um, you can still get iPad 2s, I'm sure. I'm sure they've got boatloads of them at, at Sam's or Best Buy or anything like that. But still. So that was an interesting bit of news. But uh, coming from the perspective, it's really, really nice to have all Retina displays sitting in front of me. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at my notes in, on the text in my notes, and it is just absolutely wonderful because I can zoom in, I can zoom, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, and look at this text on these these screens, and it is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, if you don't think high resolution screens are where the future is, you're you're mistaken. So, what uh, a lot of people have asked about the podcast sp- specifically, they've said, well, what do you what do you use? Well, first of all, I'm a Mac person, so. If you're, an, if you're a PC person, I apologize, but I'm a Mac person. And so I use a combination of three or uh, two apps to make the podcast happen, so to speak. The big one, the big workhorse is an app called ScreenFlow. And it's $99. Uh, that's a little steep, I know. Uh, I was able to get it on sale for $79 when I got it. But it's actually ScreenFlow 4, if I'm, if I'm not too much mistaken. And what I do, I'm not actually recording on that right now, but if I have guests on the show, you might wonder, well, how is he, how is he recording all that stuff at the same time? Is he, is he recording individual tracks and putting it together? No, that, that would be really, really hard to sync up. What I've done is, is what I do is, is I record, I use Google Hangouts, and I will, have the, I will get into a video Hangout or an audio Hangout. You can actually default back to audio if there's not enough bandwidth in your conversation. But say I had I had Eric and Andrew on the other day, and all they did was they just called me, quote unquote, called me, so to speak, on Google Hangouts, got on there, and I was able to record uh, with ScreenFlow everything on my computer. I recorded the computer audio. I recorded the audio coming from any apps on the computer. It basically captured all the audio, captured the video as well. Now, I don't need the video. So what I do, ScreenFlow is really great. And, and by the way, I would... If you have a Mac, download a trial version of ScreenFlow and go find it, go Google it and download a trial version. I think you'll fall in love with it. Um, it's really great for capturing a lot of stuff. 
And it's really great for screencasts. If you ever want to do any type of screencasting, uh, showing people how to do different things or doing quick screencasts, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, what it does is when I finish the recording, it will actually come up and be ready to edit right there. So I've got the video and I've got the audio and it's ready to go. And what I'll do is I'll detach that audio from the video and then throw out the video. I don't need the video. And then I will export the audio from that application and then throw it into my audio editing program called GarageBand. Now GarageBand is, is, if you have a Mac, you're probably very familiar or you at least know what GarageBand is. GarageBand is the Apple app that comes with uh, the computer itself. And if, if actually it doesn't come with it now, they actually let you download it from the App Store optionally now. So, but it is free now. Um, and Apple will... Uh, let you see or let you download that when you get a new machine. So it's part of Apple's iWork, uh, iLife suite, you know, the iMovie, iPhoto, iTunes, um, GarageBand. Then you've got Pages, Numbers, Keynote for iWork and those different things. So really powerful application, as a matter of fact. I'm using it to record this podcast right now. Uh, and it is absolutely outstanding. I'm sitting here looking at a waveform. It's giving me the beats. It's giving me the the key that I'm in even, and it has a lot of instrument support. I've ne- I don't have a lot of experience with uh, instruments, plugging in instruments to my Mac, but apparently it's very plug and play. You can plug in instruments at any time and just start playing. And, and it's got these, this really fascinating auto drummer kind of thing that the drummer, you can put a synthesized drum set in the background of your music and it will adapt to what beat or whatever you've been playing. It's, it's, it's crazy. Awesome. I've seen somebody demonstrate it before. It's, it's amazing. So GarageBand, I'm probably not using it to its full potential, but it is, um, is a fantastic program. Um, now, what am I using as far as a, a microphone to record this? Well, I went through a lot of research um, to look at this, and a lot of people I've found like the blue microphones, the blue, the Yeti, um, blue Yeti microphones or the blue Snowball microphones, and those are fine. Um, and, but, but there was one review that I found on CNET that really sold me on the Samson Meteor mic. And that's what I'm using right now. It's a tiny little microphone. Uh, basically fits in the palm, in your fist. Uh, it's it's about um, twice around, uh, I'd say it's about as uh, round as like a 20 ounce bottle, one of those skinny 20 ounce bottles. And it's a, it's a really old style looking microphone. I opted to get the black one, but it's got these cool little fold down feet. It's got a volume knob on the top and an indicator light telling you uh, whether it's on or not, it plugs in via USB. Uh, it's very plug and play. I was able to just plug it in, start up GarageBand, and GarageBand immediately saw it and said, "You're using the Samsung Meteor mic, or the Sam, uh, the Samson Samsung <laughs> Samson Meteor mic." And it let me click on it, and it was there. And no problem, no setup, no software to load or anything like that. And it was really great. It's got a it's got a jack on the back for the mini USB, and then it's got a jack on the back for a, mon- a monitor for your headphones. I'm actually listening to my own voice right now, record the podcast. It's really, really great for portable recordings. Um, in fact, if you go back and listen to the episode, I believe it was episode two um, with Stephen uh, Holt. I actually used the Zoom H1 portable recorder for that, and it's actually really great. It will um, record very good sound from a big room. I use it to record lectures. I use it to record lots of different things, but I've actually, in a pinch, used it to record this podcast. 
So it will pick up uh, Stephen and I pretty good. It will pick up somebody in close proximity fairly well if they speak loud enough. And it's really, really great. So that's kind of the stuff that I use for recording the podcast. Every now and then I will, if I need a quick audio recording, or I'm sorry, a quick audio edit, like if I need to shave off the ends of the the thing, the, the audio podcast, I'll put it into a, a program called Audacity. And Audacity is available on the PC as well. And it's actually a very good audio editing program. So that's kind of your garage band equivalent there. And you can use that to edit um, audio. And I won't get into the specifics about how I um, export it and what settings I use and different things like that. You don't want to hear all that. It's just regular old MP3s. And um, I upload them to Dropbox and then I um, share that public file with my Dropbox on Squarespace. And uh, Squarespace has built-in podcasting stuff that all you got to do is fill out the information and it pulls your podcast feed from there. And then I submitted that feed, that RSS feed for that blog page onto iTunes and seven or eight, 10 days later, they got back to me and said, your feed is approved and here it is and it's in the iTunes store. So I'll do a podcasting episode probably later and I'd love to talk to about, about that. If you've got any questions about that or if you'd like to start your own podcast, uh, that's the great thing about it. It's a, it's all free. Um, I paid about 70 bucks for the Samson um, Meteor mic. It's really, really nice. Uh, about another 12 or 15 bucks for a nice mic stand to kind of elevate it because the, the feet on it kind of fold out, but they don't really give you a good uh, height uh, to get your voice right up into the mic. And then um, the Zoom H1 portable recorder, it was about $100. And you can get that on Amazon. It's, it's really, really great as well. So some of the other, I'm, I'm just going to talk about three apps that I use every single day. And I'm not going to go into a ton of, of uh, in-depthness on these apps. I'm just going to tell you um, how I use them and, and when I use them. Uh, I use Pages every single day. Pages is the word equivalent for Mac. It's free. Uh, it's powerful. I use it to design flyers. I use it to design uh, all the handouts that you see. Uh, on my website, all the PDFs you see on my website have been done pages. Uh, all the devos that you're going to have uh, in classes you're going to see on Aim the Network are going to be done in pages. And it has very, very good uh, PDF support, very, very good um, Word support. You can export to Word in that application, as we've already talked about before in a couple of different shows uh, in the past. But pages is really good. And then the second one I use is Photoshop. I use Photoshop every single day. And I'm not... Um, I guess I'm not the proper designer. Uh, I should be using, um, to create logos and different things like that, I should be using Illustrator. I don't. Um, I kind of have a quirky method of creating vectors if I need them. Basically, vectors are resolution independent. You can make a vector that's tiny, yet it can be stretched out to put on the edge of a school bus, you know, or something, and it not be pixelated or anything like that. So that's what a vector is, if, if everybody ever tells you about vectorizing something. But I use Photoshop for mainly low-res things. Uh, the highest resolution I've ever gone is like 4,000 by 4,000. And, um, you know, I, I usually do, I do all my graphics for Instagram and promotions for youth group stuff um, in Photoshop. I do some uh, different things as far as creating PowerPoint slides for classes in Photoshop. I use Keynote to display those, which is the PowerPoint equivalent for uh, for Mac. So... Those are some applications I use every single day, and Photoshop is invaluable. I'm running CS6. Um, you can actually get a subscription service and get the entire suite 
for like $29 a month or something, $14 a month, 29 something like that. And it's actually, if you do the math, it's actually worth it because it's better than paying three or $400 every two years for a new version of Photoshop. So look into that, uh, look into Adobe, um, adobe.com and Adobe Photoshop and some of the other different uh, things. You can do a lot of stuff with Photoshop if you, um, if you put your mind to it. And I'm actually going to do an episode on Photoshop as well. I've been using Photoshop since um, 2002. I've been using it for a while. So I'm not an expert by any means, but um, I know my way around. Uh, the, the second app is one that I have recently come back to, and I say recently as in like literally the last 10 days. Um, and this is, <laughs> this is very surprising coming from a Mac guy, but it is the best at least so far, the best thing that I've found for capturing notes, other than Evernote, it's the best thing I've found so far for capturing notes, and that's Microsoft OneNote. Uh, Microsoft OneNote recently had a big redesign. They released a Mac a native Mac application. They always had iOS applications, but those iOS applications are really great. Um, you'd think that they would be crashy and, and buggy, and they're not. They're wonderful. It lets you organize your stuff in the notebooks, and then you can have tabs in those notebooks, and I love the UI, and I love the fact that you can type anywhere that you want to. You can make stuff or zoom in as big or as small as you want to. You can format stuff, bold, italics, and underline. It just seems a lot more intuitive to me than Evernote. We're going to be talking um, next month with Adam Fawn all about Evernote, and he's going to, he's got, he's got, like he's like the Evernote king. He's going to be talking about you know, he's got 4,000 plus notes in Evernote and he keeps everything in Evernote. And that's fine. If Evernote's your thing, that's fine. I was never actually ingrained into Evernote. But I'm telling you, after using this for a week, Microsoft OneNote, both on the iPad, iPhone, and on the Mac, I had, I think I might have found a universal solution. You can put photos in here. You can put all sorts of stuff. It's really, really great. Go check it out. It's free. You can't, you can't go wrong with free. So that's Microsoft OneNote. That's actually what I'm using to look at my notes right now. Now, let's talk a little bit about actual gear. Uh, what am I using as far as um, gear to travel with, gear to put to put on your laptop or put, you know carry your stuff around with? Uh, what is the actual products that I'm using? Well, the first one I think is a really cool thing, and I, and I got this on sale um, at an Apple store. Um at Christmas time, actually, the day after Thanksgiving, it's uh, it's by a company called Cocoon, and it's just like it's spelled C O C O O N, and it's called the Gridit, and I'm sure you've seen this before, and it's all it is is it's a kind of an interweaving variable kind of thing. It's hard to describe exactly on an audio podcast, but it's got all these little weaves that you can stick cords in, you can stick headphones, an adapter here, you can stick uh, you know a dollar bill here, you can stick this, you know, whatever you want to that's small enough to fit on this grid. They make them in various different sizes. They even have bags, and I haven't even looked at the bags, but they have bags with gridits built into them. And you can just basically fit a bunch of stuff in a diff is whatever configuration you want. Put a mouse on there, put put a trackpad on it, whatever. And it will just hold all your stuff. It's got these nice little rubberized things on the um, on the the weaving part of it that you can just weave out in and out stuff. And it's really great. It holds stuff in place, and it's it's really good. So I'm all the time taking a bunch of cords around with me for different things. I've got a couple of batteries, and I've got a recorder. It's actually what I put my mic on and what I put my, my cord for my mic on. It's actually 
excellent for cords uh, and, and cables. So you can put that on. It's called the Cocoon Gridit. And it's really, really great. Varies in pricing uh, from 10 bucks all the way to like 50 bucks for the big ones. And it's they're really, really great. Fits a lot of stuff. If you've got a lot of cords, a lot of different stuff, get you one of these. Uh, the next thing is my bag. Um, my primary bag, I say. And uh, I like... Um, I like this bag. It does not fit a lot of stuff, but that is actually good because I don't need to fit a lot of stuff. Um, and plus, if I had a big bag where I could fit a lot of stuff, I'd probably just put a bunch of stuff in there that I didn't need to put in there. Uh, this is the NK. It's basically just a black in-case messenger bag, and it's got a shoulder strap if you want it to put on there, and you can take it off if you don't want to. It actually fits a 13-inch MacBook Pro really nicely, or a thir any 13-inch computer for that matter, as long as it's not too thick. And um, it fits it very, very nicely. I can put my iPad and I can put some papers in there. I can put a lot of different stuff. And it's got these two front pockets. I can put my presenter remote in there, which I'm going to talk about next. I can put my Evernote smart notebook in there, which I'm going to talk about next. I can put a couple of pins. It's really great. And it's uh, fairly minimal. It allows you to kind of just take what you need. So I basically have my computer, iPhone, iPad, notebook, pins, presenter remote, and that's all I need. Uh, one downside is it doesn't fit my Bible. Um, it doesn't fit any Bible. It doesn't fit anything else. So I kind of have to carry the Bible separately when I'm doing that. But sometimes, most times, I'm using uh, my iPad as a Bible as well. So just think about that. But there's lots of other cases out there that I've tried. And this one seems to be the most reliable one. And it keeps my MacBook snug and uh, protected. And it's got a nice, it's almost like a jacket feel on the inside of it, like a feathery jacket feel on the inside of it. So it won't scratch your MacBook or anything like that. So it's really, really great. I've tried a bunch of other cases, but that one's good. And then I have uh, just a regular uh, black diamond um, bag um, backpack for bigger trips. Like when I'm going on a mission trip or I'm going to a retreat or something like that, and I need more stuff. Uh, the, the in-case bag is just my going around bag. Uh, this one is a, a bag that I can carry and, and fit a bunch of different things in. Put my gridded in there, put a bunch of different things in there. It's really, really great. The next thing I use is a um, is my presenter remote. And I used to use the Apple uh, presenter remote, the really slick little aluminum one and everything, but it turns out that they don't actually, they've kind of discontinued those. Uh, one, because the IR... Um, sensor on the front of the MacBooks, the Retina MacBooks is no longer there. They don't have an IR sensor on the front of the MacBooks anymore. And I didn't even really realize that when I bought uh, this new MacBook, but you can't pair uh, the Apple remote with that thing like you would use on an Apple TV or anything like that. So I had to go out and buy a new clicker uh, for clicking stuff and clicking PowerPoints and different things like that. So I did a little research and the one that kept getting uh, recommended to me over and over again was the Kensington Presenter Remote. It's the model number, and you have to follow me here if you want to write this down. It'll be in the show notes. K72425AM. That's the model number for it. And, and it's a really great remote. It's got a 150-foot range. Uh, I have found personally that Logitech remotes are hit or miss sometimes. Uh, they won't really work as well as they want to, but the Kensington remote has clickable buttons. Uh, it doesn't have like a rocker switch or anything like that. It does have a little switch on the side where you can turn it on and off. It has a laser pointer on it. 
Um, it was uh, about 40 bucks. It's really, really great. It's also got cursor control. So if you need to move your mouse, if your projector is really far away and you're in the middle of a pr presentation and you've really got to move your mouse around to do something else on the computer, you can do that as well. Uh, it takes two AAA batteries, uh, and it's really great. And like I said, 150-foot range, really can't go wrong. Wonderful, wonderful little remote. It's probably the best one I've ever had. And the cool thing about it is it's got the a little USB stick that hooks into the uh, the USB port on your computer, and it's pretty automatic. It will it, you plug it in, and you start clicking, and if you have a PowerPoint presentation up, it's going to click it, and or a, a keynote presentation, it's just going to forward it like it normally would. But the cool thing about that little USB stick is that it fits right inside the remote. All you got to do is just take it out to the bottom, and it fits really, really nicely in there. It fits real well in the hand. I really, really like it. So that's the Kensington Presenter Remote. The next are two pins that I use, and I know I'm getting super nerdy and talking about this, but uh, I really, really love these two pins, uh, and I've been using them for quite a while now. The first one is a Bombino, Bobino, B-O-B-I-N-O. It's a slim pin, and I actually have it attached to the outside of my Evernote Smart Notebook. And you can actually put this inside of a Bible, and it's like literally a slim pin. It's like, you know, as... as thick of a, uh, as thick of about, you know, 20 sheets of paper, maybe 10 or 10 or 20 sheets of paper. It's really, really nice. And, uh, it just, it's a really good pen and it's, it's, um, very slim, not much else to say about it, but you can put it inside of a Bible. You can conceal it inside a book. Uh, it's really, really good. And then the second one I use is the, it's actually a moleskin. I don't even know if you say moleskin or moleskin or moleskine. I don't even know. I've heard it pronounced all sorts of different ways. We're just going to call it moleskin because we're in Tennessee. Um, moleskin and it's actually their pin and, and it's, it's a little pricey. I mean, it's way more than you would spend at Walmart to buy a, you know, three or $4 pin, but it's 15 bucks. It's not like a cross pin. It's not going to be like 60 or 80 bucks, but it's the nicest rollerball pin that I've ever used. And I use, I keep it in my, my in-case bag at all times. And I use it uh, to write in my smart notebook. I use it to write down and jot down certain things and jot on stuff like that. But I find most of the time now I'm not even using it. I'm using my phone to jot down notes and different things like that. But when I need to sketch out something, this pen is absolutely fantastic. It's about 15 bucks. And then I, key, I, I talked about my Evernote Smart Notebook before. And, you know, I, I just like it's a little Moleskine uh, notebook. And it's got kind of green accents on it. It's made in partnering with Evernote. And I actually got my Moleskine pen with the Evernote uh, notebook. But it's a really great notebook. And... It's designed so you can take pictures from Evernote and upload them to Evernote and it will put them in the app for you. And that's great. Um, however, I don't really, I use Evernote, I just don't use it for a whole lot. I do, however, use it as a backup. If I'm sketching out something and I love that idea, I will take a picture of it with my Evernote app and put it in there. And I, I don't use Evernote for a whole lot of stuff, but I do use it to back up stuff that I have sketched out and written out. And that's a really, really nice backup. And then I can just pull it up on my computer and I can even export that image and put it into like Photoshop and kind of draw it out and different things and mess with it. And it's really, really cool. So that's the Evernote Smart Notebook. Those are, those vary in price from big to small. I've got the smaller one. It's about index card size and it's uh, it's really great. The next are two cases that I use. And actually the, the rest of the rest of the time we're going to be talking together are talking about cases. And I'm fairly minimalistic with my cases. I don't like a lot of stuff going on with my cases. 
But at the same time, I recognize that that most times, especially being a youth minister, going to retreats and going uh, on weekend things with with kids and different things like that, and having kids around in general, I'm, I'm going to need a little bit of protection for my my devices, my iPad, my iPhone, stuff like that. And I have found two fairly inexpensive cases that I really, really love. And oddly enough, they're made by a company called Magpul, M-A-G-P-U-L. Now, if you know anything about weapons or guns or anything like that, Magpul makes magazines and stocks and different accessories for AR-15 assault rifles and M-16s. Um, and they, they make, they specialize in these plastic parts and they're real great. And they came out, I was actually going through a gun store the other day, one of our church members owns, and I was uh, looking at some different things and lo and behold, there is a Magpul iPad mini case and a iPhone five case. That's just one of those wraparound cases. And it, it peels off, peels on your phone, peels on your iPad. And it's really, really great. Gives really solid protection to the back and it gives you a little, um, I guess a groove on the on the top to where if it was laying flat on a desk or something, then you would have just a very, very small area of separation so it wouldn't be laying flat on its screen and get scratched. It's really, really great. They're pretty, they come in a lot of different colors. They come in black, OD green, military colors mostly, but I know they've got some that are like bright colors, like yellow and red and different things like that, especially on the phone cases. And these, the best part about these is that they're, they're cheap. I got a uh, iPhone 5 case for about 15 bucks. And if you know anything about iPhone 5 case prices, uh, that's pretty cheap. And the iPad mini one runs about 22 to 25 on Amazon. So really great. Those are Magpul, M-A-G-P-U-L, uh, iPad mini, iPhone 5 cases. They're durable. They're light. Uh, they're, they look pretty great if you like the rugged look. Um, but it's re- they're really, really great. The, uh, when I'm not using that on my iPad, when I'm just around uh, the office or I'm at home or I know the iPad's going to go in and out of the bag and it's going to stay on my desk for a good amount of time, I usually just use the regular old um, iPad mini smart cover. Uh, and I have a red one and it's really great. Uh, it allows you to prop up the iPad. They changed the design ever so slightly in the last year or so. And it's a whole lot better at keeping the iPad upright when when you've got it folded up and everything. It also serves as a protection for the back when I'm preaching. I can put that over the whole back of the, the, the iPad and therefore the back of the iPad won't get scratched or anything if I'm moving it up and down. So it's really good that way if I'm preaching or teaching. So that's just the iPad mini smart cover. Those are 39 bucks. That's really steep. I was able to find some pretty cheap on um, on Amazon for like 12 or 15 bucks. So I'd, I'd check on Amazon, check on some whole uh, wholesale retailers for those things, because those things you can get pretty cheap somewhere. You don't have to go to Apple and get one for 40 bucks. And then the last thing I really want to talk about today is the Spec Smart Shell MacBook cover for my MacBook. And I, I don't keep a shell or a cover on my MacBook um, at all times. But these times of the year where I'm most active, where I'm going to a lot of different places, where I'm going to go be going to a retreat here in about a week and a half, I'm going to have some protection on my MacBook, especially uh, to protect my investment here. And it's a satin finish. It's really great. I opted for the black. I really like black. I have this black thing going on right now. And it's, um, it's called a smart shell case, and it's just really great. It fits like a glove. There's two pieces. It fits the bottom of the MacBook, snaps right on. And then it fits the top of the MacBook, the screen, 
and it uh, fits right on. And when you close the MacBook, it actually um, it has really great seams and everything. It fits like a glove. It's really, really nice. So uh, that's the spec smart shell MacBook cover case for, and then I got mine for the Retina MacBook Pro, the 13 inch. So those are some of the tools of the trade that I use. Uh, hope that some of these things have helped you out. If you've got a question or anything about any of these, uh, let me know. Uh, shoot me an email, chad.landman at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. We're going to say a quick prayer before we end our podcast. I know this has been a a uh, short, a little bit of a short show today, but we're going to end the show and um, we're going to pray for you and your ministries and all the different things and the tools that we're using. And granted, we can get caught up every single day uh, with all these gadgets and all this cool stuff that we're using. But if we're not using this stuff to to you, to do something and to protect and make our ministries more efficient and and so therefore, I guess, better to reach people for Christ, then uh, we're not looking at it in the right way. Uh, so let's let's say a prayer, and then we'll be done today. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you so much that you have blessed us in the ways that you have in our ministries, in the things that we're working towards uh, in those ministries and in our congregations, and the people that have put trust in us uh, to make those congregations and those different things flourish and put those things in place that we know how to do to make your kingdom grow. Thank you so much for all the abilities that you have given us, the talents and the different tools, Lord, that you have given us uh, to work with. Lord, help us never get too preoccupied with, I guess, the gadgets and the different things that we use and the different services that we use. Help us to never lean on those things nearly as much as we should lean on you. Please help us to use these things as tools for you Help us to reach the maximum amount of people that we can uh, for your son and help, help us to really just use these things wisely. Help us to think about the ways that we're using them. Help us to think about the ways that we are conducting ourselves while we're using them. Help us to use them responsibly. Well, I want to pray for everyone listening today. I want to pray for all of their ministries, all the people in their congregations, their leaderships, their deacons, their elders, their fellow ministers that they're working with. Lord, please bless them in their work. Please help them use some of these tools to make things better and to make things easier uh, to accomplish for your kingdom. Lord, and we pray this in your son's name. Amen. We want to thank you so much for tuning in today. And uh, this has been episode 10 you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ministrybits and uh, follow us on Twitter. That's where we post a lot of updates. Follow us on Twitter at uh, ministrybits on Twitter. And then you can uh, head over to the AIM network, aimthenetwork.com, or download their app, which is excellent and has resources aplenty on there. And you can listen to the podcast soon on there as well. We want to thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Go out and have a blessed week and uh, always give glory to God. Light out, I feel the breath